Welcome back, my friends, to the Flicks of the Week That Never End. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel, and sitting right there. You're right there. I'm right here. Hey. Mike Sutherland. There you are. All right. So, uh, welcome. Welcome to our Flicks of the Week, of course. And mine is going to be the Netflix original film called The Ritual. Ghoulies. <laughs> Ghoulies, yes. When when Gremlins is not enough for you, Ghoulies. Ghoulies. <laughs> Yes, beware of taking a dump. <laughs> Be very aware. No, that was that was that was a promotional, right? I think that was a different, um, a, 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 like a sequel or whatever. Yeah, you're probably right. Okay, so <laughs> the ritual and Ghoulies. Yeah. All right. Didn't then Ghoulies have a trailer park scene? That was not monster chasing them through a trailer park. Nope. All right. Oh, for a second I thought. Part of my hearing was dying. <laughs> all right. So anyway, uh, all that and more. So uh, why don't you just take it away, Johnny? Ready? Let's do this. Trailer. Rob would have loved this place. He's a good man. The best of us. You know what they have walking trails in England? Pubs. Come on, man. Where's your soul? Ah! Oh, oh, it's twisted. It's twisted. All right. Yep. Oh, easy. Ah. Easy. Look, we go southwest through here. We cut the journey in half. What, through the forest? Yeah, why not? We should have gone to Vegas. Oh, you'd have found something to fall over in Vegas too, mate. Now, is it me, or is it really quiet in here? <laughs> it's been gutted. Could be hunters out here. Bait, possibly. Or it's the bit they don't show you in the nature documentary. It's a warning. We shouldn't be here. Where the hell are we, Huts? We should pitch the tents. This is ridiculous, man. Luke, you're getting soaked. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. Come on. a nightmare film. Well, what happened to you then? We got spooked and we had bad dreams. Alright? I woke up last night. Look, look at this. Nothing has done that to you. You've done it to yourself. Why do you have to deny everything like that? Because I, I do not value your judgment. We need to be working together, man. a red band trailer that looks very cool all right so uh reuniting after the tragic death of their friend four college pals set out to hike through the scandinavian wilderness a wrong turn leads them into the mysterious forests of norse legend where an ancient evil exists and stalks them at every turn Ooh. i give you the ritual come join us 
All right. So, um, yeah, this one popped up on Netflix, I believe, like last week. And uh, you know what? The trailer, I mean, instantly it looked, att- it looked attractive. You know, you saw the trailer. So, you know, it, um, you know it's got Rafe Spall in it, which is one of those actors that you don't reckon, you recognize him, but you don't remember what you've seen him in, but he's a good actor. So there you go. <laughs> so Rafe Spall, he plays the main character. Um, the way that this movie starts off is really cool. It starts off six months before the events in the trailer, you know, where they're all hiking. Um, it starts off before that where they're in England, and there's five of them, and they just come out of a bar, and Rafe Spall and a friend, they go into a liquor store to get some more get some more alcohol, and his friend is, there's a holdup being done in there, and his friend gets murdered right in front of his eyes, and he's, he's too afraid to do anything about it, and he keeps hiding during this, this heist, and while his friend's being, his head is being bashed in right in front of his eyes, and so... You can tell that there's this guilt that that's lying with him the whole time. So um, it ends with you know you see his friend like bleeding to death on the floor, and then it cuts to six months later, and these all these guys are on this hike. They're doing this hike um, in the um, the northern Sweden wilderness um, because the friend that died he had mentioned that he wanted that to be their next trip, their next get together trip, right? And so they're doing this in honor of him. So it starts off where it, now they're all. They're all already there near near this large forest in the in the mountains and and they have like they've created like a little uh, what do you call that where you make a little thing for someone that died where you have pictures and candles and stuff like that like a little um, an altar not an altar but you know what I mean like a little honor spot uh-huh. whatever you call it. so um, this movie is pretty much a combination of two films off the top of my head of course the Blair Witch Project that's the first thing I thought of when I when I saw the trailer I was like this is this is like a scarier, better version of Blair Witch. Yeah, definitely. And then also the um, and then it has elements because there, there's the monster, and you don't. The smart thing is you don't see the monster for the entire film until near the end, and the a monster is very weird looking. I don't want to give it away what it looks Chupacabra. like. Chupacabra, but um, <laughs> but it's um, it, it's very like the whole the way the monster kills people and and lifts them up and does weird things with them. It, it reminds me of the relic. If you've seen that movie from like ninety, I think ninety six, ninety seven with Tom Sizemore. Uh, I know of the movie, it, it's but when, yeah, it was just that was. It's when Tom Sizemore didn't look like a junkie and and he was actually a good actor at the yeah, time. Yeah, I just that, that wasn't a movie that interested me. Yeah, that's it, all. It was cool for what it was at this time, and it, and it had good monster gore in it and stuff. So, anyway, that's what. Yeah, this movie is Blair Witch: The Relic. You know, meets the relic. This, uh, and, you know, when I was watching it, it looked more like House of a Thousand Corpses, or maybe, you know, um, Friday the Thirteenth, because uh-huh. there is there's images of house uh, a cabin. Yeah, you know, type of thing. Oh yeah, and then there's you got the um, the, <coughs> the the elements of where you, you see like these um, these straw men kind of thing. You uh-huh. know, like. And then there's like ritualistic, like so. Anyway, these guys are traveling through, and um, you see it in the trailer where the, one of the friends he he falls and he hurts his ankle, so it hurts for him to walk. Well, they got a, they still have a long distance to go, but they notice that if they cut through this forest, it cuts their their you know their distance in half. Right. So like fuck it, let's just go through the forest, right? And that's when things get weird. Right. And so they find they you know eventually they find a cabin. And they stay in the cabin, and, and it's all, you know, it's, like, leaking, and it's got these weird symbols inside of it. And, and they, they didn't even notice till the next morning 
that those symbols are all over the trees surrounding the, the, the cabin and they're hearing these monster cr- screams out in the in the dark and and what happens is all four of them have nightmares while they're in the cabin and it's pretty much it brings their 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 worst fears to life as a vision and they when they wake up they're like like one of them's pissed himself another one's fucking butt naked and, and praying in front of this this headless straw statue that's in upstairs in a bedroom um and and you know another friend is just cowering and, and yeah they're all fucked up so and they're like you know what we need to go and they, so they go they leave the, they leave it and so you have the Ray Spall character, who's the main guy, who you know, you know that the movie's going to end with him, right? Because how these guys are getting picked off one at a time. Um, and cause since he's the one that was in the liquor store with the friend that, that gets murdered in front of his eyes. So um, he's dealing with the guilt of that, of that death, because he knew he should have done something. and He didn't do anything. And um, you can feel this tension between all four of them especially from the guy that broke that hurt his ankle Mm -hmm. because he's always saying something passive aggressive in regards to their friend dying um towards rape's ball or or in the vicinity of him so that he can hear it you know what i mean and it comes to a head you know eventually they they address the the situation because it's like dude you 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 blame me for for his fucking death he said yeah you should have done something you were supposed to protect our friend and you didn't do it you know he goes it's kind of weird that you didn't come out with blood on yourself but yet you know his blood was all over the place right you know what? Why didn't you do anything? Kind of thing, and so this is what what ends up being cool is that because there's this creature and it it feeds off of fear, it'll do this thing that when it's nearby you and it's about to try to either capture you or kill you or whatever, it starts to um, make your fear come to life. And so while and this is a really cool effect that they do with the movie, is that parts of the fucking forest will turn into the convenience store. Um, while he's having this this vision, this freak out, and it, it's really weird looking but cool at the same time. They did a really good job with it, and then uh, you know he's kind of like pushing out of his head, and and then they come across you know people that live there, and then they're connected with the monster in some kind of way, and and so um, it's based off of a novel um, of the same name written by a guy named Adam Neville, and I believe that it follows pretty much um, the similar 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 lines. I don't know that I never read the never read the the book so but um you know it when you get to the end like all the monster stuff is really cool and it's creepy and like i said they don't show too much and that's what ends up selling it for the most part and though i I think my only real complaint about the film at all is that when you get to the it ends really really fast like once once you know that it's over it's fucking over there's no like uh there's no epilogue there's no it's just it's just okay that's it that's the end of it all right so yeah credits yeah pretty much you know so either the guy lives or he doesn't i ain't gonna give it away but um but yeah no it's worth seeing and uh i enjoyed it more than i enjoyed the paradox you know the was it the cloverfield paradox <laughs> that i saw the week before that so um yeah ritual is only 94 minutes long um it's got a 69 percent approval rating on rotten tomatoes and that's the ritual as a child jonathan played by peter lyaps lyaps lyapis um what was almost killed by his father, Malcolm, Michael DeBar, during a satanic ritual. After being saved and raised by Wolfgang, played by Jack Nance, who has kept him unaware of his background, Jonathan inherits Malcolm's house and moves in with his girlfriend, Rebecca, played by Lisa Pelican. During a party, he jokingly performs a ceremony described in one of his father's books on black magic, not realizing he has unleashed small demonic creatures known as ghoulies. (laughs) 
Jonathan is having a housewarming party. Wow! What do you guys want to do? Well, we could play hide and go seek. Yeah. What about Trivial Pursuit? Yeah. yeah. Trip. Poker. Yeah. <laughs> I got an idea. Let's do a ritual. Yod hey, bow hey. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself. Hey, knock it off. No, no, wait, I, I need to dismiss the spirit. So do I. Where's the bathroom? Upstairs. <laughs> Unfortunately, there will be some surprise guests. <laughs> they have very bad manners. And they have no respect for privacy. They'll wake up the neighbors. In there. And they never take no for an answer. Oh, man, that chick is really a screamer. <laughs> Goons, once they show up, you can never get rid of them. <laughs> Goonies, they'll get you in the end. Like the trailer plays it off like it's John. Oops, the trailer plays it off like it's a it's like a goofy comedy. Yeah, but when you watch the movie, it's not. Yeah. It's it's a terrible fucking horror movie with the cliched one friend that is this fucking stoner pothead dude. Yeah, and that guy, um, the stoner pothead guy, has yeah. been in a ton of fucking eighties movies. Um, he looked like the O face guy from Office Space. Yeah, he kind of does, but that's not him. Uh, I have to Lumberg fucked her. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, he was in, like, a TV series and a whole bunch of other shit as well, and I just can't remember his name. I can never remember his name because... Um, so, uh, Michael DeBar, or DeBerry, he's the guy that um, uh, I always think is uh, Rucker Hauer, but not Rucker Hauer. Okay. He's always the guy I call not Rucker Hauer. Yeah. Um, there's Lisa Pelican, Jack Nance. My name is Butts, Seymour Butts. Scott Thompson, that's who it is. So Scott Thompson, it was in Police Academy. Twister. He, um, he played one of, he played the, um, when Sergeant Harris has to have his two flunkies, he played one of the flunkies. Yeah. He was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. So, come on, bro. Apparently no one cared enough about him to add to his biography. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> Yeah, here we go. That guy's sixty. Yeah, he's not much older than us. Uh, Smoking the Bandit. He played one of the teen uh, car thieves. He was in uh, Fast Times. T.J. Hooker, Frightmare. Uh, Police Academy. He played Chad Copeland. He was in Ghoulies. He was in Johnny Dangerously. Police Academy three and four. Uh, he was in The Couch Trip. Uh, Casual Sex. Um, Parker Lewis can't lose. Twister. Um, Jack Frost. So he's been in a ton of movies. Um, generally, he plays like the the sidekick or. Who did he play in fucking Twister? Scott Thompson. That guy. He played a Ferengi. Yeah. 
He's always he's always the guy that, um, like I said, he's always the sidekick. Something odd usually, where he has a, the weird looks on his face. He's he's actually a pretty funny guy. Um, in this movie, he plays you know a drug addict and yada. yada. Well, he's not a drug addict. He plays a pothead. He's a pothead. Stoner. <laughs> Even better, stoner. <laughs> um, Wearing sunglasses at any time of day. I think that's Twister right there. That's him. Oh, yeah. okay. He's the one that got hit in the head with the with the flying hubcap when they're hiding by the um, drive-in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, <clears throat> the beginning of the movie has, come on, Michael <laughs> DeBar, has Michael DeBar performing a ritual. And from there, well, fuck it. What is this ritual you speak of? He's summoning stuff. It doesn't really matter. It's unimportant to the story. It really is. Um, because it's so awful. But he's not performing the ritual. What? My, my, my flick of the week. The ritual? Yeah, yeah. He's not performing that. <laughs> he said it. Wow. Uh, the original Ghoulies originated. That's an awful, awful beginning of a sentence. In 19 under th- 1983, under the title Beasties, and was directed by Charles Band with special effects by Stan Winston. Now, the special effects in this movie are really, really good. You know, with the way that the the, the uh, Ghoulies are si- summoned the way that Michael DeBar's character who dies and then he's he's buried in a grave and he comes back to life. But at one point, like, they, they cut to where he's just kind of sitting out of the grave. He screams? No. He's sitting out of the grave. Uh-huh. And, like, the only part that is, it's up to his waist so you don't see his hands. And it's, it's just a, a, a quick shot of that that fucking grave with him sitting in it, not moving, not doing anything. He's just there, right? Yeah. Like his body is just popping out of the uh, the, the 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 ground. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, what happens is is that this guy uh, Jonathan Graves, um, who is paid by, uh, you know, I always I can't say these words. Peter Liapis or Liapis Liapis uh, or Liapis. Um. He's the son of Michael DeBarre's character, or Debari, and he inherits his dad's house, as we've already said. And when he moves back in, he finds all this stuff, all, all of his occult, his dad's occult paraphernalia. So he starts going through it, and he's reading some of the stuff. And slowly, he is becoming um, possessed. Let's yeah. just call it that, right? And he's becoming weirder and weirder, and his girlfriend doesn't like it because she wants him to fix up the house. Like, literally, they move in, and then she gets pissed off at him for not f- fixing the entire house yeah. and repainting it in the in the six hours that they've been there. So she storms out on him. I thought you meant that she's getting pissed off as he's becoming more and more possessed. Like, honey, you're becoming more possessed. Well, that, and, and that. <laughs> <laughs> that's going on as well. So, like, in the six hours that he's been there... You've changed. Yeah, that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> I don't like this. You don't, you're different. You're not the same man. Yeah. Like, we've been here for six hours. I'm trying to... It's fucking overwhelming. I would clean this entire fucking house. It's a, it's a goddamn mansion, and you want me to clean <laughs> and repaint and fix the entire house in the six hours <laughs> since we've moved in here. I'm going through an adjustment period, you, you selfish you, whore. You dumb bitch. <laughs> so... Go make my dinner. So yeah, so uh, you know he does this in 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 the trailer. 
he decides to throw a housewarming party yeah. and invites all of his friends over, decides to do this summoning ritual from the book that he finds, and he summons one of the ghoulies, and it goes from there. And it's he doesn't summon just one. It ends up being like four of them, four or five. Well, it's more fun having it <coughs> multiple different ghoulies than just one. And then he summons two midgets. <laughs> now, these are the tiniest people I have ever seen in my life. Okay, one of them's not Warwick Davis, is it? No. These are literally the tiniest people you've ever seen in your life. Um, I don't know. Give me a second. Have you seen season four of American Horror Story? Dude, these are tiny. than the world's people. smallest woman. She's like fucking like a foot and a half tall. I mean, well, she's like two feet tall. It's fucking They scary. may be the same people. Um, I'll, I'll find them here in just a second. She looks like a little baby. Yeah, so um, uh, Grizzle and Greta Tamara, Detro, and Peter Rish. Now, Peter Rish, he was an actor who was in The Ghoulies, was in Lord of the Rings in 1978. Something Wicked This Way Comes. He died. He was only, wow, he was only 42 when he died. But I'll show you the picture. So he Look how tiny these guys are. Oh, yeah. So he wasn't really fully Peter then, right? No. He, he, was, just, he was just Peter-ish. He was Peter, Peter Light. Peter-ish. Stop it. So the so he's right here on the left hand side, and yeah. something wicked this way comes. Look how small he is. Yeah, you could pass him as a dochi. It's it's weird how look at that. Damn, yeah, that's fucking that's small, dude. It's, yeah, and these guys are not tall actors, so we're talking. They look fucking tall <laughs> compared to them. Yeah, yeah, we're talking two feet tall. Yeah, you know, and goofy as all hell in the movie, but probably the best part of the movie in my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, wow, he was in a lot of stuff too. Uh, Malibu Hot Summer. He as, was in Lord. Oh, which uh, the the seventy eight Lord of the Rings. Yeah, as Pete Fargo. Um, I love little people, so it doesn't really matter. I, having them in the movie um, was really cool because when when they're doing stuff, like I don't know if they were doing this on purpose in front of the cameras, mm-hmm. but there's a point where okay, so um, Scott Thompson's character gets knocked out, right? And they drag him to, like, the graveyard, and they just left him there. Yeah. Right? Like, he's... I don't know if he's dead. Don't know if he's knocked out. Oh, so you don't... Okay. You don't know. You don't know if he's dead or knocked out. The movie continues without him. Then the movie... And so he's just lying there on the ground, right? Uh And and they go off, and they see the little ghoulies in the trees, like, you know, kind of hiding. And they run over to him, and they're fucking hitting the ghoulie, one of the ghoulies on the head. You know, like a whack a mole. Yeah, like a whack a mole. They're trying to knock it out, so the other, the girl, Tamara, takes a fucking stick and bashes it on the head, and they fucking knocks it on his ass. Yeah, and they put it into this bag. Well, while they're beating up this ghoulie, at one point, Peter and Tamara are rolling on the ground, out kind of out shot of camera. You can see their legs. Yeah, and Peter's legs go up in the air, like he did this on purpose. And 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 shot his legs up in the air like he like he's um um uh, a, a seesaw. Yeah, it was funny as shit. Like he dove after whatever was going on, uh-huh. and he, he was kind of fake wrestling with the puppeteer. Yeah, and then they get up and they stuff the ghoulie in and they just walk off, leaving Scott's character there. Right. Yeah. And I I think that they're they're trying to grab all these things so that they can summon their master, which is n- not Rucker Howard. And <laughs> so they need they need these little ghoulies, right? And as as this whole movie is going on, the ghoulies really don't do anything. Yeah, they're they attack some of the characters. Yeah, you know, 
and quote unquote kill them. And they they do. And so what they're doing is they're grabbing all these people, and the ghoulies' job is to I guess kill the char- kill the the secondary characters. Yeah. So that Michael DeBar's character can take their soul and rebuild his body. Yeah. Right. And it's actually a pretty cool effect that they have going on. So when you fi- when you see him pop up out of the grave, and he starts to scream. That's a really cool effect. Stan Winston's crew did a really, really good job, and it's very Disney-esque the way that they did it. Yeah. And then, at, so he's just kind of stuck in the grave, and he can't do anything until his body starts to, to heal. So with each death, with each soul he takes, his body starts to heal slowly. And the final body is this guy, um, is his son's girlfriend, um, um, Pelican, Lisa Pelican. So she gets knocked out, or she actually dies in the movie by falling down some stairs after being scared by one of the ghoulies. God damn it. And she's taken downstairs to the ritual room, and he's about to do... So Michael LeBarrett's character is about to do all this ritual, and then they get into a fight. Him and his son get into a fight. He's like, oh, you're so... You're not strong enough to fight me, and blah, 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 blah. You know, and monologue, monologue, and finally... He ends up killing the bad guy, and all of his friends come back to life, and everyone fucking runs away from from the 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 mansion. And as they're driving away from the mansion, of course, you always have this '80s trope, which is anything that's kind of goofy, kind of like Gremlins or whatever else like that. Anything that's kind of goofy in these types of movies, you always see like the bad guy or the bad or the or the evil characters in the back and all, and they all turn around yeah and look and see all these things and turn back to the camera and then have this screaming face at the end you know <laughs> and then it cuts the credits um this is kind of a fun this is a fun movie i mean it's fucking awful it's i've an seen awful fucking movie. so like some people consider ghoulies to be a b movie version of gremlins yeah but there's a b movie version of this b movie and i totally for, i just remembered it just critters now. Kind of a no. Munchies. Oh, yeah. I remember I, that. I, I just remembered it, and I just looked it up. It came out in 87. Yeah. Had Harvey Corman in it, and Robert Picardo. Uh-huh. Charlie Stratton. Uh, Munchies movie. Yeah, I remember watching this shit. Um, oh, yeah. Well, there's the poster right there. Because I think there's even scenes that happen at a... Um, <laughs> it's just so fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. There's, I think there's scenes that happen at a, a mini-golf place. A Texas anthropologist returns from Peru with a furry little creature who gets out of control. New Line uh, Wait, not New Line Cinema. Nadine Vanderveld. Robert Picardo. Yeah. Got to start somewhere. <laughs> here we go. Munchies weed. Yeah, here it is. Um, let's check out the trailer. All right, fuck it. We got to talk about this dude. No, we don't. Your mama. Sweetwater, a new and inviting desert community. Violation! This is going to be a great day. Filled with kind and loving families. But I am your stepson. I know, I was treated you like it was, didn't I? With mature and responsible teenagers. And then, one day... Did you hear something? Something odd appeared. Exactly what they are is uncertain. I'm South American cockroach dad. I'm out of here. Their origins are somewhat hazy. It's an alien. Maybe an illegal alien. And while their manner can be quite charming. So cute. Can't we take him out of the bag now? Their habits can be a little bizarre. (laughs) Paul, not so rough. I haven't done anything yet. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. 
better treat them right. You're not laughing anymore, are you, pal? Because they're not necessarily nice. Munchies. That's such a fucking awful trailer. Again, it's like the Ghoulies. Munchies! This is like, they, they, they should have had Don LaFontaine do the trailer. In a world, you know? Yeah. Where, the, I, I shouldn't just do the whole voiceover, but just when you thought it was safe to raid the fridge. Munchies! In a world. Coming to Disney Channel on ABC. You know, that's that's exactly what I thought when I hear that guy's voice at the very end. There's a fucking garbage pail kid. I forgot. Movie about, I went through this spurt where I watched Munchies a bunch of times. I think we, I think back in like '87 or '88, I rented it a bunch of times or watched it on cable or something. I, but yeah, I saw it. I can't remember shit about it, but I remember it. The Munchies. Yeah, there's um, the movie was uh was being directed by Luca, uh, Luca Brasi. No, Luca Berko, Berkovici, with special effects by John Carl Buckler or Butchler. Buckler and his company Mechanical and Makeup Im- Imageries. Um, I guess it wasn't. I guess the original Ghoulies was supposed to be directed by Charles Band with Stan Winston, but that didn't happen. So uh, after November 1984, the film was released theatrically by Empire Pictures and was basically a surprise success. I mean, everybody wanted to see it. I, I did. I've, I watched it a, a bunch of times, you know, and friends would always rent it or whatever else. Yeah. Um, According to stories that Charles Band tells on his Full Moon Horror radio show, he was asked to come up with a great campaign to promote the film during a brainstorming session. He came up with the idea of the ghoulie popping its head up from the toilet and was a huge success and was shot from the, for the film after the fact. According to Band's 2012 audio commentary for 88 Films, uh, Blu-ray of Pup- Puppet Master 2, someone else came up with the idea of the ghoulie popping out of the toilet. Ban actually <laughs> thought it was a bad idea. <laughs> That's one wicked shit. Yeah. It is not not a good movie. It's just fun to watch because you get to see, like, it, it's fun because of the special effects. It's fun because, like, um, uh, hold on a second, uh, Jonathan Graves um, and uh, Michael DeBar, or Barry, Michael DeBerry, however you want to say it, at one point, they both have this green glow about their eyes, and it's so terrible because yeah. it's it just doesn't look right. So, it, so in order to not have to do the special effects all the time, they just made him wear sunglasses. You know, so yeah. so at some point, he's wearing sunglasses at night, and it's just it's it's weird. It's dumb. It's a it's it's just a it's just a cheap way to overcome these special effects that they couldn't do at the time. You know. Um, especially when they didn't really have computer, you know, computers to uh, lock in and be able to, but frame by frame, um, use keyframe sequences to figure out where, when, and how they were going to 
um, use the green eye effect, yeah. you know, or use contact lenses or whatever. But all in all, if you really want to watch a movie to see just special effects done properly, um, even improperly, but just to see special effects at their infancy when it comes to creature movies like this, this is an actual good start because this was, I mean, it's, it's, well, I mean, the same, the, the, the same year, Stan Winston, he did, uh, <coughs> he did the, uh, effects for Terminator, I yeah. believe. So the budget on this movie, I don't know. I don't know what the budget for this movie was. If I had to guess, I'd say the budget was $2 million. Yeah, maybe. The, who knows? Ghoulies. Oh, well, there it is. Let's look at box office. Maybe it has it in here somewhere. Do, do, do. There we go. Awesome. Good job by the numbers. <laughs> well, at least they didn't overestimate. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, the budget was a million dollars. It made $35 million. Oh, that's a fucking hit. Yeah. That's an Uber hit. Yeah. Super hit. Wunderbar. And, of course, they, you know, that allowed them to make four more films. I just wonder why, like, um, it took them four years to make another one when it, when it was that profitable. <coughs> Trying to get someone to direct it. Something like that. Um, in the plot of the sequel, the ghoulies from the first film escape the manor and end up hiding in an amusement park fun house called Satan's Den. Um... The film was, again, produced by Empire Pictures, and this time was directed by Charles Band's father, Albert. It was also the last entry to have any involvement from Charles Band as he sold the rights to the Ghoulies franchise to Vestron, which was struggling financially. Ghoulies and Ghoulies 2 were released as a double feature in 2003 and as a double feature Blu-ray from Screen Factory in 2015. Both uh, special features uh, include theatrical trailers. Blu-ray special features include commentaries, interviews, still galleries, and original theatrical trailers. And then you have Ghoulies 3, Ghoulies Go to College, and Ghoulies 4. So it seems like three to four years, every three to four years from 1984 over a 10-year period. <coughs> Part 3 was Matthew Lillard's film debut. Yeah. That's like uh, Critters 3 was um, Leonardo DiCaprio's film debut. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, and they market the fuck out of that, dude. If you see the, the Critters 4 pack, <coughs> DVD 4 pack, uh-huh. um, it, yeah, it says... With Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, that's uh, that's what I got on that one. That's all I've got. That's right? all you got? That's all right. Got. Well, look, I mean, we did Ghoulies. We did, uh, you know, did the Munchies. It's funny. <coughs> Stoner dude in one movie <coughs> and then the Munchies in the next. It's like they went together. Yeah. Imagine that. Bruh. Bruh. So, uh, yeah, man, it's like uh, we, got the, we got it all handled. We got it locked down, and uh, we're good. Yeah. And that's what we got going on. All right, so that's our flicks of the week. I, I don't, I don't have any news or anything to add this time. There, there wasn't shit. No, there isn't. There isn't anything going on right now. No, you know, just uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, LeBron James. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, everyone's got a political opinion. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So anyway, so I just say uh, final words or shut up and dribble. Yeah, shut up and dribble. All right, bye. Bye.